In an important move, Alta has filed a legal application for the review and setting aside of the decisions by NERSA, the National Energy Regulator of South Africa, to grant independent power producer generation licenses to three car power ships. Alta argues that NERSA failed to act in the interests of the country. Alta also says that the car power ship's so-called 20-year emergency contracts will not resolve load shedding, but will instead tie South Africa to an expensive long-term contract, costing the country 218 billion rand over 20 years. I'm Ilse Saltzvedel for Alta, and I'm speaking to advocate Stefani Fick and Brendan Slade, Alta's project manager on this specific project. We have heard a lot about car power ships in the media lately. What is this all about and why is South Africa, the government, even considering this option of supplying in our electricity needs? I think just for the, for the normal person out there, it, it's about the ships that they want to park in our harbours that is supposed to alleviate um, load shedding. And I think the bottom line is that firstly, the ships were never intended to be a solution to a 20-year problem. Normally, these ships come into a situation where there is um, a problem. For six months, a year, whatever the case may be, there's a tsunami or there's war or whatever, they come in, they supply electricity and they leave. But in, in our case, the government thought it a good idea to procure this for 20 years. And basically, it comes down to the fact that we cannot afford it, point number one. And point number two, there are better ways of procuring green electricity that will alleviate the problem actually better and will not cost us an enormous amount of money. But please, Brendan, um, share with us some of the, the, the more technical details. Um, just to go back to the technical aspects of why we are talking about car power ship, this is a policy decision by government. So in terms of the IRP 2019, this is the integrated resource plan, there is a short-term electricity supply gap of approximately 2,000 megawatts between 2019 and 22. So due to this gap, the government thought it wise to start a procurement program called the Independent Power Producers Procurement Program, specifically to procure this uh, amount of generation capacity. So the objective of, as we call it, the RMI Triple PP, is to fulfill the current short-term supply gap, alleviate the current electricity supply constraints, and reduce the extensive utilization of diesel-based peaking electrical generators. So the, the specific determination was gazetted in the Government Gazette in July of 2020. So after this uh, procurement program launched, it was advertised, the amount of 2,000 megawatts was out there, uh, requests for proposals sent out, and at the end of the day, to cut a long story short, Car Power Ships 3... Uh, can I rather say the subsidiaries, three independent power producers, received 1,200 megawatts worth of capacity to generate. This was obviously at, at some point taken on for review by additional bidders to the process, 
and that current uh, appeal process is is pending. There's no outcome to that as of yet. But as we all know, we are talking about car power ship, and it may or may not be in the foreseeable future for South Africa's generation. So what I'm hearing is we have a problem with load shedding, rolling blackouts as we all know it. Ahead of winter, we've been warned that it might be a very dark and very cold winter. But they are wanting to sign us up for 20 years to alleviate a two-year problem. Is that why Auto has opposed to the car power ship program or are there other reasons as well? Firstly, let's move back a little bit. ESCOM has got huge problems. They went through years of state capture, the traditional electricity generation plants, the coal plants. The maintenance on those are so far behind that I think we should forget about ESCOM ever be 100%. What ESCOM needs to do and what we need to do in South Africa is to provide extra electricity. And this is where the alternative electricity generation, when you think about solar and gas and and so forth, needs to become part of the electricity generation, become part of the grid. And this is what government and the DMRE is supposed to focus on. But now instead of focusing on that, they try to alleviate a problem by signing us into a contract for the next 20 years, which if you really think about the purpose of ships like the car power ships is, is, is not for that intended purpose. And that if we think that by having these ships, let's forget about the 20 years, that by having these ships um, in our harbors will alleviate load shedding in the next year or two years is not correct. So instead of wasting energy and resources on a solution that was always supposed to be a temporary solution in, in other countries, why not try and expand on independent power producers, alternative power producers, and get us on the road of recovery? ESCOM faces an enormous of problems, and we're going to have load shedding for quite some time. Instead, let's hold to account the people that's still at ESCOM or has left that was responsible for the chaos at, uh, at ESCOM. But then, you know, except for holding to account, let's look at solutions that's not going to cost not only the taxpayers an enormous amount of money, but also each and every one in South Africa. The money needs to come from somewhere, and I think the money can be spent better out of things that the money can be spent on better um, projects. Brendan, your thoughts? Yes, just to add to what Stefani is saying, and there may be, may be this misperception that uh, the action Alta is taking against nurse and car powership will just delay getting into a better energy space in the future. And, and we may be accused of trying to sabotage any attempts to eradicate load shedding. That is simply not the case. The legal action by Alta is in fact not delaying any of the RMI triple PP projects at all. The thing is these projects are already running late prior to the legal action that is being instituted. And the minister has already on previous occasions extended the date for financial closure before this legal action will even take place. As we are speaking now, there is also 
no clarity on when financial close on this project will even take place. And this would even remain so even without Alta's legal action. Just to add to that further, the rest of the independent power producers, the processes are pending. So nothing should preclude government from procuring from sources like the renewable sector in order to alleviate that gap and to close that gap on the energy capacity which car powership would presumably take over. Okay, my question as a layperson, you mentioned that car power ships will supply 1,200 megawatts of power. Will it even make an impact on the needs we are facing this week or that we faced last week with the long weekend? That is uh, quite the conundrum there because if we recall what happened over the Easter weekend, just to put it into perspective, ESCOM has a generation capacity currently of 44 gigawatts. So over the Easter weekend, ESCOM lost generation capacity of 17 gigawatts. That amounts to roughly 53% of generation capacity. So if you take a 1,200 megawatt capacity, that may seem like a drop in the ocean compared to the rest. But the country is currently at breaking point and every megawatt will make a difference in the long run. But the problem is... This generation capacity need not be generated by somebody like car powership. There are alternatives available. And it is true that we need that capacity to come online. But the question is, what are the means that government will utilize to get that capacity up and running? Another question as a layperson. Bringing a car powership into the harbor, is it a matter of it's being plugged in and voila, the whole problem is solved? No, no. It, it may seem like it, but actually there is a trio of ships that works uh, at, at a terminal of a country's port. So the gas gets gets imported. The gas then goes over to the floating storage capacity, the regasification vessel. And then from there on, it goes to the power ship, which literally generates the electricity from there. From that third ship, there is then a connection to the shoreline or the terminal, which then feeds into the grid. So it is a continuous cycle of generation that then feeds in through to the national grid. And do we have things like gas readily available, Brendan and Stefani, or is that something that's also going to pose a problem? I'm just trying to unpack here for the layperson exactly how car power ships generation and provision to the grid will work and why it's not a simple solution, apart from being very costly. Let me start by saying this. Brendan should explain to us, um, you know, technically how it works. But just maybe something to to, to remember is that, uh, or, or, or to keep in mind, that was actually fascinating um, for me to know, is that, you know, the difference between this sort of plant being on a, on a ship and the fact that they park in our harbour, there's a lot that goes into getting electricity in your house. That's a very complicated process. It's not easy, but it can be done. But if the government signs this contract, and in 20 years, they leave. So if, if government was thinking about, you know, gas and, and, and maybe making gas more part of the grid, objectively, why not try and build that generation capacity? The car power ships are going to give us electricity and then they're going to leave. They, there's not job creation. Uh, they don't leave infrastructure that we can use after the, the, the 20 years. 
it is the type of solution that is really going to cost us more than versus what we will get out of it. And it definitely will not alleviate the load shedding immediately. So that's one point that was really a concern to me, if you really think about it. In, in South Africa, what we need is job creation. We need assets. We need something that will be part of our grid for the long foreseeable future. But coal power is also not that. So, Brendan, please explain to us why this, um, you know, the minute they pack their bags and they leave, we are basically left with nothing. Thanks, Stefani. Yes, you, you have raised the pertinent issues. But if we want to use an analogy for this, it is not simply like plugging a USB into the laptop and voila, there you have your function, whatever you want to do. Hypothetically, if the power purchase agreement is entered into tomorrow, all the admin starts from there, it would take another year or two for the electricity generated by car power ship to reach the electricity consumer. So it is not a matter of plug and play and now the solution is there. This will take quite a while. And the, the reasons why the uh, procurement program started in the first place was on, on an emergency basis to fill that gap as it was identified. But long since that emergency doesn't exist anymore, yes, we do still face a generation capacity crisis, but we cannot treat car power ship on an emergency basis and then tie the country down for another 20 years. Uh, we have calculated that such an agreement would cost the country over a 20-year period roughly 218 billion rand. And that sure. obviously needs to be fit by somebody, and that somebody is ultimately the South African taxpayer and the electricity consumer. Let's get back to Alta's legal action against NASA. What is NASA's role in all of this? Is it not enough for the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy to give the go-ahead for car power ships? No. So in order to, for example, generate the electricity, they need a license from, from NERSA. So NERSA is like an oversight body that makes sure that the appropriate bodies get licenses in order in this instance to generate the electricity. They are also currently looking at the whole gas generation. But when it comes to electricity, for you to distribute electricity, for you to generate electricity, for you to sell electricity, it all goes through NERSA. NERSA has um, a few steps that they need to abide by before the licenses are given to, for example, the car power ships. And that is basically the problem that we have. If you look at a review application, constitutionally, all administrative processes needs to be just and fair. And we believe that in coming to this decision, when NERSA gave the car power ships their generation licenses, they did not consider all the pros and cons, because, you know, when you reach a decision, you look at all the, all the facts and you make the best decision you can with the facts and evidence that you have, that they did not act in the best interest of South Africans when they decided to give car power ships the generation licenses. NERSA went on a, a public participation process, and when we commented on whether they should give the generation licenses, what we said is what you're doing is you put the cart before the horse. The environmental authorizations wasn't finalized. There's no power purchase agreement in place. So there's so many ifs and buts. Why would you give them the generation licenses? Of course, we also are of the view that 
although they might have received all these comments, that they did not, in their judgments, look at all the facts necessarily. And therefore, we are saying, this is a good enough case for us to go to a court and say, please look at this and overturn the decision that NERSA made. We think that we have enough evidence, call it what you want, information, to show a court that NERSA should have said, Hawkeye, this is not in the best interest of South Africa. We are therefore, and various others, like I said, that some of the other um, things are not in place for car power ship to come to the regulator and say, I want a generation license. I think in a, in, in a nutshell, it is about we thinking that NERSA came to the wrong decision. Wrong decision is not necessarily good enough. But we are saying that they, they came to the, a, a wrong decision to such an extent that we think a court will say, we're going to overrule you and say, you shouldn't have given the generation license. Uh, to put it in a legal perspective, NERSA is considered an administrator in terms of the promotion of Administrative Justice Act or the PAJA Act. So what Stefani just mentioned there are the various grounds of review which we have highlighted in our court papers. We believe that NERSA did not apply its mind and NERSA failed to take those relevant considerations being the barriers that, that were not in place at the time when the application were made into consideration. NERSA also failed to take other relevant information into consideration. So there's a balancing act which did not take place as a reasonable regulator or a regulator acting in the public interest ought to do. What also stood out for us in NERSA's reasoning, they pointed out that should the licenses be granted to car powership, it may be detrimental to the financial well-being of car powership, which is a private Turkish company. So that begs the question, why would NERSA worry so much about the well-being of a private company as opposed to the well-being and the, the financial situation of the South African public? It, it's beyond belief that they would uh, put forth reasons like that. And NERSA failed to take into account what the financial implications in the long run would be. Yes, we are aware of the fact that a lot of these decisions behind the procurement process is that of policy decisions. But we still believe that NERSA ought to take that into consideration and the public interest in consideration when these decisions were made to grant the licenses. And we are very confident that our grounds for judicial review are set out appropriately, we are confident that the court will will give a favorable judgment. Okay, before we go into more legal details, I just want to ask you, do you suspect there's a hidden agenda behind this deal with car powership, or would you rather not speculate? If you're asking whether we have proof of corruption, the answer is no. I just think that there is a question mark over this deal. And I think that's part of why Arta decided that this is a worthy case. You know, it's hopefully the supporters will agree with us that this is the type of deal that South Africa can ill afford. We are struggling economically. A deal like this may just be the last straw that breaks the, the, the camel's back. 
we cannot afford these types of decisions. And whether this decision was made because there's some deal to be made or whether it is negligence or whether this is just not applying your mind, don't know. Maybe it's also just a question of political interference that people do not understand that you may have this idea of a solution and not go into the nitty-gritty to decide whether it's in the best interest of South Africans. But there is a question mark. So I cannot answer that question, but I think that there is enough smoke and mirrors around this whole deal to seriously consider whether something sinister is not happening. But you know what? That is why if, if, if government loses the trust of its people, this is exactly what happens. We went through state capture, no accountability. We are all waiting for the Zondo Commission report to come out because I think we hope that finally there's some accountability, that the NPA will finally prosecute people. After state capture and the realization that we need to work hard to make sure that this doesn't happen again, PPE corruption happened. How many people has been held accountable for PPE corruption? The only thing that we heard is the ethics committee that said our former Minister of Health, Israeli Mkizi, is not guilty of any unethical behavior. And you come right back to then ask whether this deal, objectively, not in the best interest of this country, whether there's something sinister going on. And unfortunately, because of that trust deficit, a lot of people think that there's something sinister going on. But at the end, whether we have proof of something, um, you know, corrupt dealings going on or not, on paper, and I want to repeat myself by saying objectively, we are convinced that we can prove to a court that NERSA did not take the pertinent facts into consideration. And if this deal comes through, um, it's going to cost us an enormous amount of money, money we can ill afford losing. There are so many other departments, areas where we need um, assistance, where we need money, where we need to rebuild. KwaZulu-Natal, the infrastructure due to, yes, an enormous amount of water, but also due to infrastructure that is not maintained over the years, needs billions, millions to rebuild um, a, a, a province. And I think... Taking into consideration all of this, all I can say is that this deal should not happen and we should all take hands and make sure that corruption is eradicated because we are definitely seeing what corruption can do to South Africa and fellow South Africans. At the end of the day, it's the current South African government's credibility that's doing the talking. Stefani has mentioned the corruption with the PPE. We've witnessed corruption now at uh, a disaster level in, in KZN. So it would not be unreasonable for the average citizen out there to question. This is something we are used to reading every single day as South Africans. So objectively, as Stefani said, we are confident with where we are heading with this particular court case. There may or may not be more than meets the eye, but at the end of the day, you cannot blame the average South African of being suspicious of what government is currently doing, specifically when it comes to the energy sector. I mean, we read about what's happening at ESCOM every day. We hear stories of sabotage. We hear stories of tender irregularities. So 
you can't blame the, the average South African for asking those questions. And part of Alta's job is also to highlight those questions and to try to get to, to the truth at the end of the day. And with our journey getting to the truth, transparency is key in ensuring good governance takes place and that the appropriate people are held accountable. And I think uh, it's important for people listening to this podcast to understand that this will affect your pocket. This will probably put electricity out of reach for the ordinary person. Poor people will not be able to afford electricity. If car power ships get these contracts and the billions that's being spent on their contracts has to be paid by somebody and that somebody is us. And with uh, electricity prices as it is at the moment, I think most of us have to cut back on daily usage. And like you said, unemployment is at its worst. The economy is suffering and this is not a solution at all. May I ask you about the legal road ahead? What's happening now and how long do you think this process will need to play out in courts? You know, when I hear a question like that, I want to answer, you know, how long is a piece of string? Because it really depends on, you know, there's going to be opposition. And we all know that Stalingrad tactics and trying to drag everything out. One never knows how long this is, is going to take. And, and, and I think it's fair to say that we think that we're going to get opposition. We're talking about an enormous amount of money. So they're not going to take this lying down. But the only guarantee I think we can all agree on is that Alta is on this journey and Alta will take the path that is in the best interest of South Africa. It is about starting a fight in order to make sure that the right thing happens. It's not always about attacking government. Yes, this is a litigious matter. In other words, there are going to be opposition. We have different opinions as to whether this decision by NERSA is the correct decision. But um, it, it is also about trying to build South Africa. It is trying to assist government in you know, being transparent, like Brendan has said, holding to account and really creating a better South Africa for all, to create a better environment for everybody. If you think about the amount of money that we are talking about, what we can do with that amount of money, how many schools we can build to make sure that children aren't walking kilometers in order to, to get to school, don't get up at what times of the morning in order to go to a school that's falling apart, um, giving our, our children free education, but free good education and giving our children the future that they deserve. For how many people can we make sure that there's water, that there's sanitation, that we can create jobs for people? All they want is to look after themselves. I think sometimes we forget that generally people do not want to live off grants. They want to work in order to provide for their families. I think what I want to say is, is that is Arthur's way of, of trying to create an environment where money is spent in appropriate manner, in a transparent way, and that it will be in the best interest of each and every one of us. Brendan, last thoughts from your side? Just a bit of sentiment on what Stefani said. There's also this misperception out there that civil society is always on the verge of attacking government. It is absolutely not the case. 
we are, however, in the unfortunate position that decisions such as the car power ship decision are made by government. And uh, frankly, government drops the ball. And at the end of the day, it is up to civil society to pick up where government has failed and then to act in the, in, in the best interest of the country as a whole. So it's not a question of why is civil society always being confrontational. We stand with open arms to work together with government because it's in both government and the public's interest that we have a functional government that works for a prosperous country. What can the average supporter do? What can a business do to help Alta in this quest? Do you need money, in other words? Yes, the answer is yes, a big yes. We request people to be active citizens. If all of us throw our hands up in the air and say, that you know, all the problems in South Africa is hopeless. It will stay hopeless. I do believe that South Africa is worth it. It's worth fighting for. But what we give you as an activist um, organization is by donating funds to us, we can fight on your behalf. By giving us a, a, a donation, uh, you do your part by ensuring that we keep government honest. It is a big task. And we are focused on challenging corrupt dealings, maladministration, irrational policies. You know, ETOS comes to mind. And, and I think if I look at the team and, you know, the, just the positive energy and getting up each and every day with a smile because I go to work and I'm able to, with a group of passionate people, fighting on behalf of fellow South Africans, it's a blessing. But you can do your part by donating, even if it's a small amount. A lot of small amounts make a big amount. And big or small, what we are asking for is support us in what we do. And the more support we get, the more we can do. Litigious matters, that's not all we do. But um, litigious matters are expensive. And, and, and we firmly believe if you go down a path, we will get to the end. We are there to take the journey and finish the journey. And may I remind you about the road we decided to take with Dunu Benieni. And today we can say, you know, in law, um, we held to account the chairperson of, of SAA. And we also created law to make it easier and maybe make people aware of the fact that, you know, there's something like delinquency. You, when you are a director of a company, when you are a director of a state-owned entity, there's really a duty of you to make sure what you do is in the best interest of the country. Constitutionally, there's a duty on you to make sure that you deal with the funds. Where does that come from? From all of us, effectively. So please, um, um, you know, I sometimes wish I can share the passion. How do you share this group of people's passion with other people, because if I can show you that, you would really, really donate money. But please, the more money we get, the more we can do. And I think get on this road to making South Africa great again. If you like Alta's work and would like to become an active citizen, please go to alta.co.za and click on the Join Now button. It really is that easy to make a difference to South Africa. Mm-hmm.